Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. For over 175 years, four purposes have defined Hillsdale's mission, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to our brothers and sisters at Hillsdale for their great sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Now, approximately 4,000 missiles have been shot into the state of Israel, aiming at Jerusalem, Tel Aviv, and anything else they think they can hit. Most of these missiles were manufactured by Iran. So Joe Biden is trying to pressure aggressively Benjamin Netanyahu to stop defending his country. While he is negotiating directly through his top negotiating surrogates to give the Iranians tens of billions of dollars by re-upping their deal. And at the same time, while he's pressuring the Israelis to surrender to Hamas... As I said yesterday, he just gave one of the biggest national security bonuses to Russia by taking all the sanctions off the pipeline they were building, going past NATO countries to Germany to provide them with their fuel. You miss Donald Trump yet? You miss Donald Trump yet? Now, I want to point out a couple of things here, because this is truly getting out of control with this administration and others, I might add. The fact of the matter is that the Israelis can't stop fighting Hamas. You know, I posted something earlier today, and I said, look, al-Qaeda hit us by plotting and planning Osama bin Laden in Afghanistan. The Taliban never actually struck us, but they gave aid and comfort 
They gave safe harbor to al-Qaeda and Osama bin Laden. And so we wound up in Afghanistan, even though we're withdrawing now, it has to be almost 20 years. Almost 20 years. The Israelis have been fighting Hamas, which fired missiles into Israel unprovoked, for 10 or 11 days. 10 or 11 days. And Biden's telling them to cut it out. It's a sovereign country. Now, one of the points that was raised by the editor-in-chief of the Jerusalem Post is this on Twitter. For all the criticism of Israel, he says, this is a point everyone should pay attention to. Israel's guardian of walls, that's their military operation, is shaping up to be the most accurate and precise military operation in modern military history. The IDF has bombed over 1,000 targets in Gaza, many of them homes, buildings, tunnels, and Hamas positions. The number of dead, which sadly includes civilians, is, according to Hamas, 227. But the IDF says at least 160 of those 227 are terrorists. That means approximately 60 of the dead were civilians. Now think about this for a moment. Over 1,000 bombs dropped on over 1,000 targets, and 60 civilians unfortunately lose their lives. Every life should be protected. But now go tell me that the IDF is disproportionate. The world should be applauding the IDF for what it does, not admonishing it. Because if the Israeli military, which is enormously powerful, wanted to do maximum damage, we'd be talking about more than 60 civilians. We'd be talking about tens of thousands, which is exactly the kind of casualties Hamas was hoping to inflict on the Israeli citizenry with their Iranian missiles. Ladies and gentlemen, almost 4,000 missiles. Brian Mast, who's a remarkable man, he lost both of his legs in combat. He's a great American hero. He introduced a resolution in the House of Representatives today. A resolution to condemn Hamas. A resolution to condemn Hamas. And they would have applied sanctions to Hamas. And individuals and governments that assist Hamas. The House of Representatives voted against it. 217 to 209. Every single Democrat, every single Democrat voted against it. Every single one. And every single Republican voted for it. Every single one. That means all these phony moderate Democrats in and around New York and New Jersey, in and around Pennsylvania, in and around Florida and Arizona and these other states, Virginia, they are frauds. When their votes are needed, they provide them. Can you imagine 10 years ago any Democrat in the House of Representatives voting this way? So the Democrats in the House voted to defend Hamas. Every single one of them. And the Republicans voted 
to condemn Hamas. Every single one of them. I want to remind you of a story that was actually in uh, the Washington Post many years ago, actually seven years ago. A remarkable story that actually told some truth. It's written by Terrence McCoy. I don't know if Terrence is there anymore. Why Hamas stores its weapons inside hospitals, mosques, and schools. Now, everybody reporting on this, all the networks, all the cable channels, all the newspapers already know all this. Because they've reported it. But they want you to think it didn't happen. Inside a Gaza Strip mosque in January 2009, nothing at first seemed unusual with the wooden pulpit pushed against the cement wall. Barely taller than a man, it stood beside a microphone stand, an electric fan, and some plastic chairs, according to photographs captured by the Israeli Defense Forces. But hidden inside the pulpit, Israel alleged, were Kalashnikov assault rifle, bulletproof vest, and binoculars. Soldiers soon spread the mosque's cash on the floor, a hall that included a rifle, grenades, and ammunition. Hamas operatives, Israel charged, were the blame. The many mosques in Gaza Strip serve not only religious functions, but are also put to military use by Hamas and other terrorist organizations. Uh, the Mayor Emit Intelligence Terrorism Information Center said at the time, they are used to hide terrorist operatives, store weapons, as sites for, from which rockets and mortar shells are also launched. To many observers, one of the most troublesome facts of the Gaza Strip conflict, writes the Washington Post seven years ago, which has killed around 1,300 Palestinians, many of them civilians, and 56 Israeli soldiers, has been Israel's apparent willingness to strike civilian institutions, like mosques, schools, and hospitals. Now, on Wednesday, following a strike on school while its inhabitants slept, killing 20 and wounding dozens more, the UN officials said Israel had violated international law. Israeli military officials, for their part, say the reality of the strikes substantially more complicated and claim Hamas's maintenance of military operations inside civilian institutions precipitates such attacks. So in other words, I would ask you this. What kind of a regime, what kind of a government, what kind of a people would intentionally hide behind their women and children? A suicidal ideology that views this as a PR coup. Because they know the fools in the American media and the European media report exactly what they want them to report. Hamas chooses to use these protected areas for military purposes in order to shield itself from IDF strikes, IDF forces said, and to draw international condemnation of Israel if the IDF is forced to respond. And it goes on, case after case after case, where in fact Hamas does these sorts of things. July 31, 2014, Washington Compost. Because you see, ladies and gentlemen, if these terrorists actually acted like real men of courage, they wouldn't be terrorists in the first place, would they? They want to fight on the battlefield? Fight on the battlefield. But they hide behind their women, they hide behind their children, they hide behind their mosques, they hide behind their elementary schools. They place missiles in their schoolyards, Because this is who they are. This is what they do. They're called terrorists. They're not 
normal military personnel. They're terrorists. And they tell their people they're dying for Allah. Now, many of their leaders are dying now, but they don't want to die. They'll die for Allah, you know, in their good old time, not right now. Can you imagine 4,000 missiles fired into the United States and some jerk leader of another country says it's time to de-escalate? It's time to de-escalate? Biden told Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, this is uh, CNBC, on Wednesday he expects, quote, a significant de-escalation today on the path to a ceasefire. That was his fourth conversation since the violence erupted between Israel and Hamas nine days earlier. The worst fighting between the two sides since 2014. It's amazing. When he talks to Xi, he doesn't say, hey, hey, Xi. Hey, Xi, uh, you know those two and a half million uh, Uyghurs that you have in uh, concentration camps? You're killing them, torturing them, raping them, sterilizing them, aborting. Why don't you cut it out? Not once has he ever said that to Xi. Not once. And yet Israel, trying to defend itself, quite the contrary. And Netanyahu said he's determined to continue this operation until its objective is achieved. More than 130 Democratic members of the U.S. House signed a letter calling for Biden to facilitate the immediate cessation of violence. It's a different Democrat party today, ladies and gentlemen. Completely different Democrat party. It's a Marxist party, largely. You also have some very violent, radical, recent immigrants. I'm telling you the truth. Marxists also who dragged this party to the point where every single member of the Democrat Party in the House voted against that resolution, against Hamas. Every single one. So if you're represented by one of these phony, so-called moderate Democrats, maybe they served in the military, maybe they served in the CIA, the Democrats put up these kind of candidates and so forth, never forget. Never forget what they've done today, and never forget what they do every day. Twice impeach Donald Trump. Running up our debt. Open borders. Attacking capitalism. If that's moderate, then I don't know what Marxist is. I'll be right back. Are you worried about America's future? Times of trouble are full of reasons to despair. But those who built and have preserved our country didn't despair. And if we are going to do our part, we need to draw on the books, the history, and the ideas that gave our forefathers and mothers strength and inspiration. Hillsdale College was founded in 1844 to teach these things, and it teaches them still today. The great news is that we can all study these things, along with Hillsdale College professors, right in our homes. Through Hillsdale's free online courses, we can study the history of our civilization, the wisdom of ancient Judeo-Christian philosophers and the writings of Shakespeare and Mark Twain. We can reacquaint ourselves with our Constitution. We can learn how the Constitution has been undermined, and more importantly, how it can be recovered. My friends, as we fight in defense of family, faith, and freedom, let us draw on the best of the past with Hillsdale's guidance to save the greatest nation on earth. Begin learning today at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com, levinforhillsdale.com. Here's Netanyahu speaking to a number of ambassadors today. Cut nine, go. We didn't seek this conflict. 
In fact, we could see the origins of this particular outbreak in the cancellation of the Palestinian elections. Hamas was sure that it would gain considerable power. And when they saw that these elections were not going to take place, they sought to use the Jerusalem Day ceremonies and uh, events around Jerusalem Day uh, and the court proceedings in uh, Sheikh Jarrah to incite riots, to incite violence uh, in order to uh, further their political goals. Uh, I have to say that uh, we didn't expect quite a conflagration, but we knew what they were doing, and therefore what we did was everything in our power to de-escalate the, uh, the potential conflict around Jerusalem and the Temple Mount. Cut 10, go. Because Hamas is embedded deeply in uh, civilian areas, because it uses civilian human shields, democracies have a choice. They can say there is nothing we can do. We will absorb attacks okay, against our cities. We could do that. Or we could level the cities. In World War II, when Western cities, specifically London and some British cities, were targeted this way by thousands of rockets, the response was to level cities. I admire Winston Churchill. I think he was one of the greatest leaders in modern history. I don't criticize him for anything. I think he did the right thing under those circumstances. But this is not our response to the firing of thousands of rockets on our cities. We do something different. We try to target those who target us with great precision. That is not as surgical an operation as it is. Even in a surgical room in a hospital, you don't have the ability to prevent collateral damage around the affected tissues. Even then you can't. And certainly in a military operation, you cannot. Cut 11, go. But there is no army in the world that does more than the Israeli army, in the Israeli security services, in Israeli intelligence, to prevent collateral damage. To have Israel criticized for that is absurd. Not only is it absurd and unjust and untrue, it does enormous damage to democracies that are fighting this kind of evil. It says you cannot protect yourself. Because in the course of doing that, instead of having the perpetrators who commit double war crimes or hiding behind civilians and firing on civilians, not having them criticized, but having you criticized, is the height of hypocrisy and stupidity and irresponsibility. All right. One of the great leaders of the world, really. The Prime Minister of Israel, who's deeply hated by the Marxists and anti-Semites in America's Democrat Party. I'll be right back. Are you worried about America's future? Times of trouble are full of reasons to despair. But those who built and have preserved our country didn't despair. And if we are going to do our part, we need to draw on the books, the history, and the ideas that gave our forefathers and mothers strength and inspiration. Hillsdale College was founded in 1844 to teach these things, and it teaches them still today. The great news is that we can all study these things, along with Hillsdale College professors, right in our homes. Through Hillsdale's free online courses, we can study the history of our civilization, the wisdom of ancient Judeo-Christian philosophers, and the writings of Shakespeare and Mark Twain. 
We can reacquaint ourselves with our Constitution. We can learn how the Constitution has been undermined, and more importantly, how it can be recovered. My friends, as we fight in defense of family, faith, and freedom, let us draw on the best of the past with Hillsdale's guidance to save the greatest nation on earth. Begin learning today at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com, levinforhillsdale.com. He's driving the media mad. Mark Levin, call in with your outrage. 877-381-3811. When you listen now, when we're having debates in public over critical race theory, we have challenges in classrooms and school districts going on. This didn't just happen. This is you, we the people, standing up for our rights, standing up for our country. And we have grave threats facing this country. Joe Biden is a human pandemic, and he swings his wrecking ball in every direction. It just depends on the day. You just saw every House Democrat vote to support Hamas effectively, and every House Republican to vote against Hamas. You see Joe Biden with the border wide open, just doesn't give a damn. He's not going to do a thing about it. If there's 2 million, 4 million, 10 million people who come into this country illegally while he's president, that's fine by him and his party. And if they're members of MS-13, or if they're violent criticals in their own, uh, criminals in their own right, we won't know about it, because they're not being vetted. And they could wind up in your communities. Then what? The police are being beaten down and undermined. We have left-wing judges and prosecutors installed by George Soros and Tom Steyer. You see crime now is completely out of control. They say they want to create good-paying, environmental-friendly jobs, union jobs. And where exactly have they ever done that? Ever. Did Obama do that? Biden's been in Washington, D.C. longer than the Jefferson Memorial. Did Biden do that? Remember, John, uh, Biden was in charge of that $1 trillion shovel-ready program. Oh, they shoveled all right, but it wasn't jobs. And all this for what? Massive debt. They're reaching into your classrooms. They're reaching into your automobiles. They're reaching into your workplace. They're reaching into your communities where they're trying to outlaw single-family homes. Oh, yeah, that's next. with federal zoning. Suddenly infrastructure doesn't really mean infrastructure. It means the Marxist leftist agenda. That's infrastructure. Coronavirus. 9% of the money spent goes to the coronavirus. All the rest of it? Big, massive, intrusive government. That's where it goes. From brainwashing your children at the earliest ages trying to turn them into racists or even victims of racism, depending on what color they are. We have segregation now going on in our classrooms, being preached by the the Marxist left, athletes, ESPN, corporatists. It's really quite shocking. It's amazing. Transgenderism. Ten years ago, nobody even knew what the hell transgenderism was. Now it's a civil right. It's a civil right to have your genitalia cut off or added to. 
Okay, fine. What do I have to do with any of that? Why does the public need to be involved in that? Oh, my goodness. And so much more. And they're on the march. Some Americans are more equal than others under this administration. And today was the first meeting of the Biden Commission to look at the Supreme Court and the federal court system. And this so-called commission is heavily lopsided toward the radical left. And I'm sure they'll come up with some great proposals on how to destroy what's left of the little bit of independence in the courts. Great proposals, I'm sure. We're always one election away, ladies and gentlemen, from totalitarianism. Imagine if the Democrats had 53 or 54 seats in the Senate. Almost none of them think or speak or act independently. Look at the House, as I said today. Every damn one of those Democrats. Every damn one of them. Joining with Hamas. Every one of them. Oh, they'll have their excuses, and the media will have their excuses, but it is what it is. When you read... American Marxism, you're going to find that Cloward and Piven in particular and Piven they were married to Marxists she's still alive, he's gone gone up to atheist, atheist heaven I guess that they said relatively recently I don't mean yesterday, I mean a few years back to target the Democrat Party. The Republican Party is hopeless. Target the Democrat Party. It's the Democrat Party that we need to take. It's the Democrat Party that will react and respond to our pressure and start to fold and start to accommodate and then start to follow. And you'll learn this in American Marxism, too. And that's exactly, of course, what's taken place. That's exactly what's taken place. I get inquiries, so I want to tell you. Bear with me. As of noon today, there have been over 80,000 pre-orders, hardback version of American Marxism. Now... Even those of you who haven't pre-ordered, I want you to think about that. That is an enormous base for a massive movement. Almost never do you have pre-orders of 80,000. That's just books. On Kindle, almost 9,000. On audio, almost 3,000. We have 92,000 pre-orders of hardcover, Kindle, and audio. And I said, if we get to 100,000 on the hardcover book, I am convinced that this movement that you see beginning simply based on what I say on the microphone here on radio and on Levin TV on Sundays, it's a budding movement. It is going to burst onto the scene. 
on July 13th. And you will see the amount of incoming we take. But we have our own Iron Dome. It's you and me together. And we don't give a damn what they review about this book or what they say about me or you. We are going to be on the move. We are going to be on the march. That's the whole point. Books come and go. But for us, they're crucial. The left, the Marxist left doesn't talk about Thomas Paine's pamphlets. They don't talk about the American crisis. They don't quote from the American crisis. We do. They don't quote, certainly not accurately, from the Declaration of Independence. We do. They only cherry-pick the Constitution when they think they can twist it to accommodate their needs. But you and I, we embrace and revere our Constitution. And the Federalist Papers. And our history. So they have one idea. It's called Marxism. Marxism is really a form of domestic terrorism. It's about destroying things. Destroying, you want to use the word infrastructure? destroying our civil society's infrastructure. Infrastructure of traditions, destroying the infrastructure of our customs, and the infrastructure of our morality. That's what we're up against. This poison has seeped into the United States military at the highest levels. It is... Uh, slipped into the highest levels of law enforcement at the Department of Justice and various chiefs of police. It's on display in our classrooms where your kids are being brainwashed as I speak. And our universities and colleges are all but gone. Hollywood is one-dimensional. Television is one-dimensional. You only have real philosophical debate and differences here on talk radio. On talk radio. But those of you who are the early patriots in this coming movement, I want to thank you. And I think you're going to feel very good about yourselves. And there's a lot more for you and me to do. But I'm hoping American Marxism becomes the American crisis. That is, the Thomas Paine pamphlet for our time. Except it's a book. Except it's a book. And I want to encourage you, if you can, to jump in with both feet. We need every single patriot we can get. Every single patriot we can get. To spread the word. I'll be right back. Are you worried about America's future? Times of trouble are full of reasons to despair. But those who built and have preserved our country didn't despair. And if we are going to do our part, we need to draw on the books, the history, and the ideas that gave our forefathers and mothers strength and inspiration. Hillsdale College was founded in 1844 to teach these things, and it teaches them still today. The great news is that we can all study these things along with Hillsdale College professors right in our homes. 
Through Hillsdale's free online courses, we can study the history of our civilization, the wisdom of ancient Judeo-Christian philosophers, and the writings of Shakespeare and Mark Twain. We can reacquaint ourselves with our Constitution. We can learn how the Constitution has been undermined, and more importantly, how it can be recovered. My friends, as we fight in defense of family, faith, and freedom, let us draw on the best of the past with Hillsdale's guidance to save the greatest nation on earth. Begin learning today at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com, levinforhillsdale.com. I want to ask the Democrats and the media, where are the commissions to investigate Antifa and Black Lives Matter and the $2 billion worth of damage they've done in this country? The police officers who they assaulted and in some cases killed in this country. The civilians who they assaulted and in some cases killed in this country. The small business people they put out of work, where are the commissions? Where are the commissions for that, ladies and gentlemen? Where are the commissions for the attack on the White House when Donald Trump was president? Where are the commissions for three months of nightly attacks on a federal courthouse in Portland, Oregon? Where are those commissions? Where is the commission on the lawlessness and anarchy on our southern border at the affirmative direction of the President of the United States? As he's done nothing to stop it. And they think they have dumbed us down. This is going on every damn day. They've effectively destroyed ICE and the Border Patrol. Of course they're not going to completely defund them. They're going to just overwhelm them. Which is exactly what they've done. We have no border system in place anymore, ladies and gentlemen. That's what they've done. Where's the commission for that? Where's the commission? When Chuck Schumer threatened two Supreme Court justices a year and a half ago. Where's that commission? Where's the commission? When Nancy Pelosi incited attacks against federal law enforcement in Portland by calling our federal law enforcement officers stormtroopers. Where's that commission? Nobody incited an insurrection in Washington, D.C. What a lie. Lie, the big lie, day in and day out. An insurrection without a single weapon. An insurrection when Capitol Police are opening the doors and letting people in. Don't get me wrong. The morons who did damage, broke windows, broke doors, hit cops, prosecute them. But there weren't 400 of them. Where are they? They were mostly peaceful, wouldn't you say, Mr. Producer? Oh, yes. The Democrats. The Democrats. Meanwhile, Hamas, they side with. Israel, they oppose. Think about that. 4,000 missiles shot into a country. Ten days later, Biden says, you know, Israel, you better tamp this down. They're not going to listen to that idiot. Imagine if 4,000 missiles were shot into Delaware and aimed particularly 
at Wilmington. Do you think this half-wit will be saying, let's look for a ceasefire? When we come back, let me, let me put it to you this way. This Marxist ideology, think about it this way. When Mao became the dictator of what is today mainland China, he had killed most of the revolutionaries at the senior level who fought right beside him. Not all, but most. When Stalin seized control as chairman of the Communist Party in Russia, he killed off most of the competition too. And this is a typical Marxist-slash-communist trait. They chase them down. Donald Trump is being chased down by the Democrat Party in New York as I speak. I want to talk further about this. Here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. By the way, this Sunday, 8 p.m. Eastern, on Life, Liberty, and Levin, on Fox, we have a killer show. I can't tell you till Friday. But I really, if you can't watch it live, hope that you'll DVR the show. You're not going to want to miss this show. People are going to be talking about it after. Not because of me but because of the guest. Again, I can't tell you yet. And the reason's quite simple. I don't want to get ripped off by others. So, by Friday, there's nothing they can do about it. And this is a weird business I'm in, Mr. Producer, that we're in. really is. Uh, But I definitely want you to know that it is a big, 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 big shul, as Ed Sullivan would have said. This is the Washington Post today. The new criminal probe of the Trump Organization and what it could mean. By Aaron Blake, senior reporter. In a brief statement Tuesday night, New York Attorney General Letitia James, she's a left-wing kook Marxist, said one of the strongest signals that criminal charges could await former President Donald Trump's business, the Trump Organization. Her office said it is investigating the organization, listen to this, in a criminal capacity, quote-unquote. Crucially, the office also disclosed some kind of cooperation with the criminal investigation run by Manhattan DA Cyrus Vance Jr. We're always ahead of the curve here because I can read these leftists. I can read them. We went into this last week. We touched on it the week before last week. I talked about prosecutorial abuse, and this is exactly what's taking place. We've informed the Trump Organization that our investigation into the company is no longer purely civil in nature. Spokesperson Fabian Levy said in the statement, we're now actively investigating the Trump Organization in a criminal capacity along with the Manhattan DA. We have no additional comment at this time. Well, why do you have any comment? 
Well, what exactly does all this mean, the Post asks, and I guess they'll answer it. Perhaps the most significant consensus among former New York State prosecutors I reached out to said it makes some kind of criminal charges appear more likely than previously known. That doesn't mean those charges will definitely come or implicate the former president personally, but it's the kind of statement that James's office would have known full well would land with some force and potentially create an expectation about where all this will lead. That's not really news, that's just balderdash. My first thought was, oh, they're bringing charges, said former state and federal prosecutor Dania Perry, who has represented former Trump lawyer Michael Cohen. Now, why would you go to him? Excuse me, her. Dania, why would you do that? You know she's a Trump hater. What the potential charges under review might be is the next valid question. The state attorney's general office has a more limited criminal mandate than other prosecutors. And its investigation was previously geared toward potential civil penalties such as fine. Generally speaking, it would bring criminal charges involving state agencies. Although the New York Attorney General is best known for its civil enforcement work, it also has criminal enforcement authority in areas of including securities fraud and tax fraud. I told you last week that what they were trying to do with another leak that came out of this DA's office was trying to find some kind of gift tax dish, gift tax issue based on that article. Right, Mr. Producer? Some kind of gift tax issue, which is pathetic. Tax fraud would seem to potentially come into play here, given the, exist- the extensive New York Times investigation and the tax schemes Trump engaged in as far back as 1990s. We saw that. There was information leaked about the president's tax returns. They finally found out who, did- who had done it. And there wasn't anything criminal in there. And what you have to be concerned about here is you see these prosecutors are rogue. You see they're Democrats. You see justice is not blind in this country anymore. Period. And Donald Trump is the most investigated and abused public figure, if not in all of history, in modern American history, when it comes to our quote-unquote legal system. They're concerned about something called the Martin Act. Now, what's the Martin Act? It's a century-old statute intended to protect investors from financial crimes. It's regarded as one of the toughest such statutes in the country. It also, as NBC News noted two years ago, generally involves a civil investigation that morphs into a... I'm surprised they haven't thrown the Logan Act at uh, Donald Trump. It's also fair to ask why this statement was made public. Yeah, that's a good question. Prosecutors generally don't disclose such things and will wait for actual charges to be brought. But in a high-profile case such as this, the former prosecutors say it was potentially only a matter of time. No, that's not why it was made public. Too bad the New York Times doesn't ask me for actual rational input. They're doing this to try and put pressure on individuals they're talking to, like the COO of the Trump Organization. That's why they're making announcements like this. They want to create controversy. They want to create pressure. They want to try and get a plea deal. That's what's going on here. They're trying to get people to buckle. And people shouldn't buckle with threats by the rogue prosecutors. The biggest question is just what comes next. Whatever motivations James might have for playing up her efforts. And by the way, remember she was talking about how she's going to get Trump? 
She's also setting a potential expectation that she can actually provide the goods to back up her statements. It's unusual and unusually aggressive, said former federal prosecutor Harry Lippman. And while this shouldn't matter, she has to think she'll look a bit foolish if no charges ensue. I don't care how she looks, whether she looks foolish. She is foolish. She's an idiot. She's a left-wing anti-Trump hack who shouldn't be anywhere near a courthouse. But pursuing a former president of the United States by two elected left-wing Democrats, one the DA of Manhattan, the other the Attorney General of New York, is the kind of thing you see in communist regimes, in third world. This January 6th commission was just passed in the House with the vote of 35 Republicans. This isn't intended to get to the truth of anything. They've already decided it's an incitement to an insurrection. Didn't anybody listen to Liz Cheney? Or the endless propagandists in our media? Or that old fascistic lady who serves as Speaker of the House? They've already decided what it is. So why do we need a commission? So it could become a daily news event. So it can be seared in your mind as an incitement to an insurrection, which it clearly was not. I want to say this to the Washington Post and the New York Times and all the other media out there. If you have direct evidence that this was some kind of a conspiracy to overthrow the government of the United States, you have an obligation to present it to us. The fact that an election is being challenged is actually built into the United States Constitution. The fact that electors are being challenged is something the Democrats have done for years. That's not an incitement to an insurrection. The fact that President Trump is accusing the Democrat Party and Biden of stealing the election. Well, what did Al Gore accuse George Bush of doing? And what did the uh, Stacey Abrams accuse the Governor Kemp of Florida of doing? Those aren't incitements to an insurrection. But I'm asking the media now, if you have direct evidence of any kind, it's time to show us that this was some kind of mass conspiracy by Trump supporters to overthrow the government of the United States, where they apparently rushed the Capitol building unarmed. Not like Antifa or Black Lives Matter, mind you. Not all dressed in, in black clothing and uniforms. With umbrellas, with Molotov cocktails and all the rest. This investigation has been going on an awfully long time, ladies and gentlemen. Five months. With all the resources the FBI and the Department of Justice available to them. Rounded up 400 people. 400 people. They have one guilty plea. The time has come to tell the American people to show us the evidence. A commission, sure. A commission. It's funny what and how they decide to form their commissions. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin.
Over 2,000 of you, my listeners, made the switch from overpriced wireless carriers to Pure Talk over the past few months. We want the rest of you to join us and to see what we're talking about. If you're with AT&T and Verizon or T-Mobile, your family could save over $800 a year just by switching to Pure Talk. You get great coverage, you can keep your phone and your number, and you'll save a fortune. Pure Talk is the top-rated wireless company by Consumer Affairs with the absolute best consumer service team based right here in America. Does that sound good? Well, it gets better. Right now, get unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data, just $30 a month. And if you go over on data, they don't charge you for it. They don't care. Go to puretalkusa.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast. Again, puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin, L-E-V-I-N Podcast. And when you do, you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Pure Talk USA, simply smarter wireless. Joe Biden was at a Coast Guard Academy graduation today. You've probably heard this, but it's it's too precious to pass up, ladies and gentlemen. He was at a Coast Guard Academy graduation today, making an idiot out of himself. And here's what he said. Cut 15, go. There's a saying we use in a different context, a Chinese saying. It says, women hold up half the world. It's an absolutely stupid position not to make sure they represent at least half of what we do. I, I have no idea what that means. Isn't he a male, ladies and gentlemen? Didn't he run against women to become the nominee of the Democrat? I love these white men who talk like this. Look, women should get these positions, except mine, you know, I... Not mine. I mean yours. But this wasn't really that big a deal. No, 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 no. It was this when... Well, go ahead. Cut 14, go. I can only assume that you will enjoy educating your family about how the Coast Guard is, quote, the hard nucleus around the Navy forms in times of war. You are quite, you're a really dull class. I mean, come on, man. Is the sun getting to you? I would think you'd have an opportunity when I say that about the Navy to clap. Okay. The moron does it again. And perhaps you've heard, since this is all over Twitter and the Internet, back in 1988, the president and I worked for Ronald Reagan. He said this, and then I want you to hear what he said, and then I want you to hear what Biden said. Cut 16, go. My Coast Guard aides have been excellent. One of them taught me that, and I quote, the Coast Guard is that hard nucleus about which the Navy forms in time of war. I can only assume that you will enjoy educating your family about how the Coast Guard is, quote, The hard nucleus around the Navy forms in times of war. You are quite, you're a really dull class. Biden's no Reagan. Reagan knew how to tell a joke. 
Biden's plagiarizing again. He's telling a joke that Ronald Reagan told. What kind of an idiot is this guy? Big idiot. A moron, in fact. So Reagan tells this joke, May 18, 1988, and Biden tells this joke. What's today, Mr. Producer? The 18th or the 19th? May 19, 2021. I mean, he's only 33 years late by my calculation. Did I add that up quickly, right, or not? Yeah, something like that. It's really amazing. You have all these speechwriters, they're all overpaid, and they steal a line from Ronald Reagan. That's where they found it. They can't come up with an independent line. It's not like this fool's out there giving speeches all the time. I mean, I could write a speech for Biden. You know what it'd say, Mr. Producer? Uh, 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 uh. I did the vaccine. Uh, whatever. But you would think they'd have a little bit more competence than this. And, of course, Biden strikes at them. Because... When it comes out of Biden's mouth, everything sounds stupid when it comes out of Biden's mouth, doesn't it? I mean, when you listen to Reagan, you hear charisma, you hear statesmanship, you hear a leader. When you listen to Biden, you hear a guy who's losing his teeth, in addition to his mind. Let's do that again. Cut 16, go. My Coast Guard aides have been excellent. One of them taught me that, and I quote, The Coast Guard is that hard nucleus about which the Navy forms in time of war. I can only assume that you will enjoy educating your family about how the Coast Guard is, quote, the hard nucleus around the Navy forms in times of war. You are quite, you're a really dull class. He didn't even get the, 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 the language correct. The hard nucleus around the Navy forms in times of war because he doesn't speak English. It's the Coast Guard is the hard nucleus about which the Navy forms in times of war or around which the Navy forms in times of war, not the hard nucleus around the Navy forms in times of war. But in any event, they're not dull. You're the one who's dull, you moron. They're serving their country, and they may serve our country in battle. Because the Coast Guard is ultimately a wing of the military. But I thought you'd want to hear that. So, uh, I do not have my call screen up, Mr. Producer. I know we have a guest coming up. Let's slip in a good caller. Do we have a caller there, particularly a leftist? We never get leftists. We never get leftists. Berlin, Connecticut, the great WABC. Tom, you're on the air. Go right ahead, sir. Mark. Yes. I just want to tell you, you've inspired me for so many years, but especially on your April 25th, Mark Living Levin, with you, Leo Terrell, and Heather McDonald, you just hit a nerve. Thank you. And I said, i got to do something. So I went and got the transcript from that program, eight pages, and added two pages of my own with information on all your platforms, encourage people to buy American Marxism, and just to take action. I've never been an activist, but it's time to step up. God and I'm bless passing you. them out at work, at church, to friends, family, around town. And the uh, response has been, been really good. On the outside of the pamphlet, I write to an American patriot, and if I ask them their name and put their name there. See that? You're, you're terrific. That's very, very important. We're going to be talking more about this as the time goes on. 
But that's, that is really terrific, and I want to thank you very, very much. And, yes, they're great guests. Don't miss this Sunday's show. It's a, it's a killer. It's unbelievable. Thank you, Tom. Tom calling from the Nutmeg State. Mordecai, Baltimore, Maryland, the great, well, the Mark Levin app. How are you, Mordecai? Hi, good evening. Uh, <clears throat> you stole some of my thunder earlier oh. when you said that uh, no other nation state would absorb three to 4,000 rocket shots from a, a neighboring country over a real estate dispute in court. This whole thing started because the other side lost a case uh, in East Jerusalem about the, uh, the, their, their squatting in Jewish-owned properties from uh, 1948. You're exactly so, right. We've talked about that. No, you're quite right. And, of course, have you heard this on any television show at all? No, you haven't. All right, Mordecai, thank you, my friend. Ladies and gentlemen, I shall return. Levin, making conservatism great again. Dial in now, 877-381-3811. Daron Spielman is a major in the Israel Defense Forces, the IDF. He is a senior spokesperson for the IDF. When they're not fighting wars in defense of their country, he is the vice president of the city of David, also known as Biblical Jerusalem. But he's been in the IDF uh, for over 20 years. He's seen, uh, really, all the wars since that period of time. How are you, sir? Uh, It's very good. Thank you, Mark. It's good to speak with you. Well, it's a pleasure. Um, I know it's the middle of the morning there, very, very late at night. Um, What is the status of the situation now? It appears the prime minister uh, is saying, basically, look, we cannot allow thousands of rockets to be shot into our country, and we're going to put an end to this once and for all. Do I have that about right? Absolutely, and I have to tell you, Mark, that uh, what the Prime Minister said has filtered down. It's really a reflection of everyone in Israel. I've been, you know, all of Israel is only a few hours wide and a few hours long, and I've been up and down uh, the, the length and the, the width of Israel for the last few days. And everywhere I go, the voice of the people of Israel especially the people living in the South. I mean, the people whose, whose homes are being rained upon with rockets, 4,000 rockets nonstop over the last 10 days, they stop and they, I walk into a store to buy a Coke, they literally hold your uniform and say, we have one hope, just finish this, just make us safe. They, the people are very strong, and, and yes, absolutely, the Prime Minister reflected that. Yeah, it's an odd thing, Major, when, uh, when I have to listen to leaders in my country in other countries say, you know, it's time for a ceasefire, it's time to tamp it down. I can only imagine if 4,000 rockets were shot into their country, including at their capital and their most populous city. Do you think they would just tamp it down and say, okay, truce? I'm sure that they wouldn't uh, tamp it down and make a truce, and I'm also sure that the response would not be as measured and as careful as ours is. I mean, you know, this is a really, if we look at a schoolyard and a big bully comes up and threatens our son and our daughter, right? And he's an armed bully. He threatens our life. As parents, what would we not do to protect our children? 
Mm-hmm. And and this is literally what's happening in Israel, and yet we are like with a, a a threading a pin, a needle, taking out these. I mean, just I just got an assessment from a few minutes ago, and tonight we're going through all of our military, our air forces, going through the Gaza Strip, looking for where those weapons are and taking them out. And we have to understand these are in the cupboards of people's homes. I mean, I just got a report the Justice Minister of Hamas, the former Justice Minister of Hamas, we took out the weapons storage facility in his home, in his yeah. private home, of course, alerting him and his family to leave before we did. But uh, I, I can't imagine any country going to those pains to try to keep the civilians safe that Hamas really doesn't even care about. Of course, none of the countries surrounding Israel would ever do that, that's for sure. Let me ask you this, Major. Um, we know, the media know, that this is Hamas's modus operandi, that they put weapons in their mosques, that they put weapons in their hospitals, that they hide terrorists in elementary schools, and on and on and on. And Prime Minister Netanyahu said today, what do you expect a democracy to do? To take incoming missiles, killing its citizens, threatening its citizens, and not to strike back? I mean, honest to God, I mean, other countries, they'd be carpet bombing, they'd put an end to this sort of thing. And yet, in so many of these foreign capitals and these foreign news uh, operations, Israel gets no credit for their effort to be as humane. I know that sounds weird in this context, but it is right to be as humane as possible. That must be frustrating. It's you know it's you you really hit the nail on the head. The Israeli people feel we know that the U.S. is our greatest ally, but with the exception of the U.S. and a few other countries. The attack from Gaza just highlights, uh, in many ways, how alone we are. I mean, we know our own moral code. We've The thing we have going for us, we've been around for 4,000 years, and we've been through a lot of stuff, from the Holocaust back to the Babylonians and, and everyone else. And we know how moral we are, but it is so unbelievable, the double standard, actually it's not even a standard, that the world is, you know, that the, the press in many cases are peddling the story that Hamas is the victim when... They launched 4,000 rockets at the Israeli people. I mean, it's, it kind of blows the mind. But I have to say that the, the fabric of Israel is, again, so dedicated, maybe because we've been through so much, um, that we are really are focused on, on trying to completely degrade Hamas, um, even despite the fact that, that only a few people, uh, countries, are currently supporting us. You know, there was a, a tweet put out by... Yaakov Katz of the Jerusalem Post, I'm not a big fan of his, but nonetheless it was a pretty good uh, tweet. And he said that the IDF has bombed over 1,000 targets in Gaza, 227 deaths, and the IDF says at least 160 of those are terrorists. You know, it's funny how we never hear that from the American media, that all we hear is 227 dead and many children. How many were terrorists? Well, two-thirds of them are terrorists. Is that correct? Two thirds of them. I mean, uh, two thirds of them were terrorists, and not only that. Mark, if we go back to the original rockets that were fired at Jerusalem, right? Six rockets were fired at a capital that started this. During that barrage, every five rockets that Hamas fires, one falls short. Okay, of that barrage that they hit our capital, two of their rockets fell short. They killed sixteen of their own civilians. Eight of them were children. Hmm. The so first the numbers that. that we're looking at. 
yeah, it's absolutely. It was documented, by the way. It's documented on their own website. There's something called the uh, the Democracy for the Children of Gaza, the International Palestine Children of Gaza. Anyone can find it online. It's an independent organization. They're quoting sources in Gaza who I hope they're still alive after presenting this kind of information, because mm-hmm. people who present the truth in Gaza don't often have a, a long lifespan because Hamas uh, is, you know, they, they have their narrative that they'll enforce at any cost. But their rockets, 200,000 Gazans have been without electricity. Why? Their own power plant was struck by their own rockets. So they strike their own power plant with their own rockets by accident, obviously, because they're just firing randomly or it's, it's just, just spraying them into the state of Israel. And they knock out their own electricity. And let me ask you this. Who is it, during times of non-war with the Gaza, make sure they get electricity? Yeah, nobody knows, but except for you. <laughs> Israel, of course. And I saw that plant. And it's crazy as hell. They fire missiles at the plant. They do. So, they intentionally. Do. That's yeah, their electricity that the Israelis are providing. Electricity. Say that again? Yeah, absolutely. It's, I'm sorry, absolutely. It's they're, they're, not only are they shooting their own electricity, today, Mark, I tried, um, somebody asked me to take them to the Eris Crossing. It's the humanitarian aid crossing where, despite all this craziness, our, our soldiers are standing there at enormous risk to their own lives. So I tried taking some press there to see it. I've been trying every day for the last 10 days. We can't take them there because Hamas is bombing their own humanitarian aid crossing, where their trucks of food are. Now, they do this to create uh, a, a, a narrative and create video and photos for the Western media to say, oh, look how the Israelis are starving these people. Look how the Israelis won't even allow uh, these emergency transports to come through. Isn't that it? That, that propaganda at any cost? No, no question. And Mark, even to, to enhance the point, if you look, we see almost no images in most of the Western media of Hamas militants. We don't see them. We see almost no rocket fire. We see almost no shooting. All of the images, and we present these images, they don't make it under the big screen. And, you know, we know there have been reporters who've left major news agencies and have come forth afterwards and have written about this publicly, uh, you know, that, that they've seen people shoot rockets right next to their agencies. Mm-hmm. They know if they report or take a picture, they're, they're, you know, the, the least of their problems would be if they were kicked out of Gaza. That's Matty Freeman of the Associated Press. Boy, the yeah, Associated Press, absolutely. they deny that Hamas is in their building, and everybody knows Hamas is in their building. And there they are, the biggest wire service on the face of the earth, basically, in my view, lying about what's in their building. And as the Prime Minister said, he warned, they were warned, everybody, get out of the building. So they take out the building, and then... This apparently is the red line for the world media. Oh, my God, you took out the building? Okay, Hamas has been operating out of that building, and I think, Major, and I could be wrong, has had enormous influence in the reporting of the Associated Press. Well, you know, I have no question. The story's been carried across all the wires, and you know, no one's asking the question that, that you really just put forward. What were they doing in this building? I mean, they're riding in the same elevators. It wasn't only a, a Hamas intel uh, quarters. It was the head of their R&D 
their research and development for carrying out attacks against Israelis and their special assets were housed in this building. I mean, it wasn't even just another Hamas building. It was the kind of the cornerstone of where their intel is. And, you know, you mentioned and, and the prime minister mentioned that we gave them notification. We sent text messages. We make phone calls. Um, and the, the entire building was cleared out. The cost how many – I mean, that means that the same operatives were let go as well mm-hmm. because we were willing to do that. So which is a matter of time until they regroup. You know, and it, it, that's the cost of, of, of the way that we've tried to fight this war, and we get very little credit for it. That's right, because these warnings allow terrorists and all these buildings to get out, basically. Yep, exactly. The good with the bad. In other words, the citizens and so forth. Now, uh, Major, I don't have a lot of time left, but this was utterly unprovoked. You were attacked by Hamas. Because Abbas of the Palestinian Authority thought he was going to lose the election. He calls off the election. You have a court ruling that says that a basic handful of homes that were stolen from these Jewish families by the Jordanian army in 1948. After all this litigation, I won't get into the weeds. Those homes belong to those Jewish families. And Abbas also puts out the word that the, uh, that the Israelis are doing damage to Uh, the Al-Aqsa Mosque on the Temple Mount, which was a lie. So he's creating, he's stirring the pot, he's creating these these riots. Hamas then fires missiles into Israel to show that they're the tough guys and they should be the ones in charge of the Palestinian Authority. And and here Israel didn't do a damn thing to anybody, right? All we are doing is defending our civilians. I mean, we trust me, when I woke up 11 days ago, every Israeli woke up, none of us were hoping to go to war. And this was obviously been planned by Hamas way in advance. And what they claim exactly, as you said, about the Jerusalem real estate issue, it's a complete farce. It's in the courts. Every single court is, has already shown that it's got Jewish ownership. You know, you have a real estate problem, go to court. You don't shoot 4,000 rocks <laughs> yes, at, exactly. at the civilian population. Um, but as, as I said, you know, we do have friends like you and, and many of your, mis, uh, your listeners in the United States. But the Israeli people, I, I, I really have been asking myself, how is it that we are so strong despite the lack of support? And I, and I, I keep going back to this. Maybe it's because I work at the City of David. I, I think it is because we are 4,000 years old. And we have simply seen so much that we realize at the end of the day, we have to only count on ourselves. There, there's no other choice for, for, it, it, for the Jewish state. Yeah. And, and that's where we are. It must be so odd, and then I'm, I'm running out of time, but it must be so odd to do all this magnificent, productive work uh, in the old city of uh, the city of David, where you're discovering all these these incredible items of history, which fill in gaps and knowledge and so forth. And then you're a major in the IDF. You have to go to war to defend your country. It, it must be so strange. Um, I mean, we don't experience that in this country. Yes, this is the Israeli way. I mean, our, our, we're a small people. Our, our entire country is 9 million, and um, the number of Jewish people in the country is around 7 million. And so every one of us, we're, we're plumbers, we're, we're secretaries, we're you know, archaeologists and lawyers. And the next day we wake up, my children saw me leave, my, my little five-and-a-half-year-old son. You know, he said, uh, you know, why do you have your shoot gun on you, Daddy? Like, why do you have a, a little gun on you? And 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 that's it. We're off. It's it's a different world. And, and the, the front is only an hour away mm-hmm. by car. And you have sure. to build these safe rooms in your homes, don't you? 
Absolutely. And, and whoever, and they, all of our kids have been in them. And because of that, you know, if it wasn't for the safe rooms and if it wasn't for the Iron Dome, you know, Hamas invested most of their money that they received from the international community over the last 10 years into that underground spidering terrorist network, which we're calling the Metro, right, that they could transport arms and terrorists. We put our money into the Iron Dome. The Iron Dome knocked out 90% of those rockets. If it wasn't for that, Mark, we would have lost thousands of people. In this. But you are right. 10% of, uh, of whatever it is, the number of missiles coming in, it's still a lot of missiles. And uh, I guess you can call that underground, those underground tunnel system now, Hamas's graveyard. Well, uh, Major, uh, it's a pleasure to, uh, people should know, I've met you in the past. My family has met you. Uh, Zev is a dear friend of the family who uh, works with you. And uh, Absolutely. we pray for all the best. We really do. This is an audience that supports the state of Israel. Thank you, Mark. God bless you. God bless your audience. Thank you for your blessings. And uh, we're staying strong. And thank you for your friendship. And God bless. Tell everybody there you talk to that we're with them regardless of what our government's doing. You don't need to comment on that. But the American people understand. God bless you and take care. We'll be right back. Mark Levin. Over 2,000 of you, my listeners, made the switch from overpriced wireless carriers to Pure Talk over the past few months. We want the rest of you to join us and to see what we're talking about. If you're with AT&T and Verizon or T-Mobile, your family could save over $800 a year just by switching to Pure Talk. You get great coverage, you can keep your phone and your number, and you'll save a fortune. Pure Talk is the top-rated wireless company by Consumer Affairs with the absolute best consumer service team based right here in America. Does that sound good? Well, it gets better. Right now, get unlimited talk, text, and 6 gigs of data, just $30 a month. And if you go over on data, they don't charge you for it. They don't care. Go to puretalkusa.com. And enter promo code Levin Podcast. Again, puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin, L E V I N Podcast. And when you do, you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Pure Talk USA, simply smarter wireless. Okay, we have to figure out how to defend President Trump from these reprobates in Manhattan and Albany. I'm quite serious about this. I mean, he was our president, commander-in-chief, and they're trying to destroy him with these phony investigations. Why is Tim Tebow getting another shot at the NFL as a tight end and Kaepernick is not as a quarterback? I can tell you straight out. Kaepernick sucks. There, I said it, Mr. B. He sucks. He was a sucky quarterback in the last few years of his career. He sucks. Did I say he sucks? He sucks. I'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, this final hour of the podcast is sponsored exclusively by AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we care about, faith, family, and freedom. Thank you for listening, and please support AMAC. And you can become a member at amac.us slash join. He's here. He's here. 
now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. This critical race theory, ladies and gentlemen, really is baked over black separatism and nationalism. The separatist and nationalist movements. That's what it is. Uh, but they try and give it some patina of historical justification. And it's now throughout our schools. The mayor of Chicago has announced that she'll be taking questions from people of all colors except for white reporters. So she's a blatant racist. Now I hesitate to bring this up, but I feel under the current circumstances I must. I want to get to the president, President Trump in a second. Did you see this horrific story, ladies and gentlemen, where a four-year-old boy was sleeping in his bed in his home right next to his twin brother? Did you read this, Mr. Reduce? And a man goes in there at five in the morning, basically grabs him out of his bed, And they find this little four-year-old boy stabbed repeatedly, stabbed to death in the street. There's a video of him being kidnapped. It's it's so hard to watch because it makes you think of your children and grandchildren when they were that age. Little innocent four-year-old kid. Little innocent four-year-old kid taken out of bed. Had no idea. It looked like he was sucking his thumb. I wasn't clear on it. And can you imagine what was going through this little boy's mind? And the man who stabbed him to death was African American and the boy was white. And I think to myself, if the shoe were on the other foot, so racist are the media, so racist are these slip and fall lawyers, so racist are these so-called civil rights groups, There would be riots in the streets tonight, don't you think? And this story is barely getting any coverage. Barely getting any coverage. I guarantee it's not discussed on ESPN. I guarantee you LeBron James and Steph Curry aren't bringing it up. And the idiot coach over there with the San Antonio basketball team. I guarantee you none of that's coming up. Because only certain lives matter, apparently. And only certain scenarios involving race matter. This is how you dehumanize people. This is how you dehumanize people. There was a little boy. Nobody cares about the kid's race. He's a little boy. He was butchered. Absolutely this guy, I mean, it, it's so inhumane. And so when you have these racists in sports, racists in broadcasting, racist corporatists, 
racist politicians. It contributes to this. Not interested in black separatism or black nationalism. Or white privilege or white... What is it? Systemic white racism? It's so much bullcrap. I had a friend used to broadcast them. Well, he does broadcast. And it's obvious now he's down for the revolution. And he has to be, pretty much. Pretty much has to be. But he's a disgrace. Can't even watch this guy anymore. Really appalling. Human beings are human beings. You don't dehumanize people. You don't join the mob. I don't care if it affects your career or not. You don't do it. Stand up to it. And this new so-called critical race theory, they don't even know. They trash Martin Luther King. They trash Thurgood Marshall. They trash the 64 and 65 Civil Rights Acts, as you will see in American Marxism. It's all laid out. I ought to send it to this guy. Time to read the damn thing. Next time he's on vacation. That's my opinion anyway. Let's take a couple of calls here. Roy, Dallas, Texas, the great WBAP. Roy in Dallas, go right ahead, please. Thank you for covering that news story on that little boy, because that happened right here in Dallas. Unbelievable. It's sickening. Sickening. Absolutely. And it's more graphic than... Uh, I, I don't I don't, don't, don't say. Yes, sir. But the uh, reason I was calling is your coverage on... I mean, and when you see this little boy taken out of his... He's a little kid. He doesn't know what the hell's going on. Well, we have a Democratic Party DA who doesn't believe in, in confining these people. He was ankle, the suspect. That was You're right. Him. He was at home with an ankle bracelet. Yes, sir. Absolutely. And he should have been in jail. He should have been in jail. Damn, yes. I tell you. Yeah. Well, let's cover this on Israel. I've been following the attacks on Israel for some time. When I start seeing... Uh, Snapshots uh, posted of Hamas and their terrorists launching helium-filled colored balloons with toys that are packed with IED explosive devices. They launch into Israeli settlements and playgrounds for Israeli children to be attracted to. The moment they come across them, they explode them with detonating devices to kill Israeli children and harm and maim them. Further, you know, I see where Hamas and Hezbollah and their movements, ever since Biden was inaugurated, he snubbed Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu and their government. He has yet to name and appoint an ambassador of the United States to Israel. Him and Kamala Harris. That has been the Democratic Party agenda. And that other dimwit up there in Washington, John Kerry, look at him. Mm -hmm. Well said. 
Very well said, my friend. I appreciate your call, truly. Very well put. Let's take another call. Let's go to Jerry Passaic, New Jersey, which I know quite well. The great WABC. Jerry, go right ahead. First, I wanted your book. I can't wait to get it. Thank and I'm you. I'm going to get the audio as well. Thank you. Before we go any further, because I like both. Well, you're very kind. You give me information one way and then the other way. Now, what's going on with this administration makes me sick to my stomach. And being Jewish, as you are, most of our faith, look at what they did. They mm-hmm. turned our, they turned their back on Israel. And three-quarters of them voted for the Nitwit and his and uh, his teenage vice president. Because be, he, he doesn't know what he's doing, and she thinks she's like the uh, homecoming queen or something or other, and that's the way they're running the country. And, I, I never hear from her. It's the damnest thing. She's in charge of the southern border. Yeah, right. And then she decides she doesn't want to be, and then she's only in charge of the diplomatic part. Is this some kind of stupid game? Border's open. People are pouring over. Drugs are pouring over. MS-13's pouring in. God knows what's happening to these little girls and these women. And Joe Biden acts like it's no big deal. He pretends none of it's happening. And then Hamas attacks Israel. 4,000 missiles sent into that country. 4,000 missiles aimed at their citizen population. The Israelis are trying to do pinpoint strikes that take these missiles out and Hamas out. And, of course, Biden puts the shoulder on Israel, as does half of his party. Now... It's time to come to grips with this, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for your call, Jerry. That the Democrat Party, in many respects, is an anti-Semitic party. It's time to come to grips with this. Because they won't put out that fire. And once that fire gets going, it's a very, very serious matter. A very serious matter. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead, A-M-A-C dot U-S. Alex Marlowe is a great friend. He's a great friend of this show. He's been always supportive of the things we do here. He runs a fantastic site, Breitbart, which we talk about all the time. Alex Marlowe, how are you, my friend? I'm doing wonderful, Mark. I am so thrilled to be on your broadcast and to speak to your terrific audience, as always. Well, listen, you have written a terrific book. You know, authors are lining up, and I'm only... Cherry pick a few who I, who I really know have written their books, have done a great job, and you did exactly that. 
Breaking the news. There cannot be enough focus on what the media are doing to this country. Breaking the news is the book that you wrote. Tell us why it's an important book. Mark, thanks again, and uh, that means the world to me. And, of course, on freedom of the press was an inspiration for breaking of the news. In fact, it was the one book I read specifically, again, start to finish before uh, to prime the pump to get ready here. But what I did is I spent a year investigating the establishment corporate media. And I have to tell you, I was unbelievably shocked at what I found. I found that the press is not merely liberal. It's not enough to call them liberal anymore. They've been weaponized against Donald Trump and his supporters on behalf of the corporate media establishment and the Democrat Party. They're looking to destroy us at this time, Mark. And this goes through top to bottom from the activist left to the establishment left straight into the heart of Democrat politics. And I want to share something with you that I saved specifically for you in this audience one of what I think are the, is the most important revelation in the book, which is I believe I've uncovered the new Soros on the Democrat left. It's a woman named Lorene Powell Jobs, and she's the widow of Steve Jobs. Uh-huh. And this is a woman who's very cleverly come up with a way to fund the prestige establishment press. I'm talking about The Atlantic, which she owns. She also owns most of Axios. But she also funds the activist press, the press that – uh, essentially tries to launder Democrat propaganda and left-wing propaganda through, through local news outlets. And, of course, she's very tight with Democrat politicians. She's said to have a tight, close, personal relationship with Kamala Harris. And, of course, she's networked with the biggest companies in the world. She gets her money from Apple and, and Disney. Uh, this person has done this and been named the most mysterious mega-giver in the world. And the reason why she gets away with it, Mark, in my opinion – She employs so many journalists. That's Mm. the trick. If you're in the media, you're either currently her employee or maybe one day you will be soon. This is a blockbuster, in my opinion, and I hope everyone checks out uh, the book and takes a look at the rest. Well, that is a big deal. Honestly, I never even thought of her, Mrs. Jobs, uh, as being involved in any of these things. And uh, this situation that you expose in your book, the, the fusion between the Democrat Party and the media, and the radical left agenda. The, the intensity of it is relatively new. I mean, it's always exists, but the intensity, they're out of the closet now. It, it's relatively new in that respect as a result of Donald Trump. You write about that. Explain that. Yeah, I think that what's new is that when Trump came in, they stopped pretending like they were merely just slightly leaning to the left, and they started to get activated. I think they saw this. Uh, as a good business model, because it would make the newsrooms more appealing to the woke millennials who are growing up, people my age, I'm 35, and younger, who are entering these newsrooms. They've been through our journalism schools. They've been through our academia, and they've they've been given a steady diet, how horrible America is, their whole upbringing. And so then now they're in the workforce, and every move they make is political. And so every story now becomes political because everything is political. And when that, when that happens, and everyone only has one perspective, this left-wing perspective, all of a sudden the newsrooms started to become even harder left than they were before. Now, add the fact that their business model also depends on places like communist China. Many of these places want to operate in communist China, but not necessarily just the newsroom, Mark. There are – each newsroom is an arm of a mega corporation. Take NBC. 
NBC News is part of NBC Comcast Universal. The New York Times, their board is made of people, executives from the biggest companies in the world. The Washington Post is owned by world's richest man. These are all people who are making influence plays and using their newsrooms to do it. I've reported extensively on Bloomberg flying consistently to China, to Beijing, to kiss the communist ring so he can have access to that market. This is the story that's been untold, even in conservative media to this time. Now, let's talk about Bloomberg. You do spend a a good amount of time exposing him and his relationship with communist China. I remember that interview we did on PBS where he literally gave them a complete pass, right? Oh, beyond a pass. He actually praises Xi Jinping. He says he's not a dictator. Of course he is. Uh, He says that he is uh, improving on the environment. He's building coal-fired power plants at this time. Bloomberg, remember, is our climate envoy to the U.N., which is meaningless to your audience and mine, but it means something to some people. And he's giving a pass to the Chinese, the world's biggest polluters, by a mile. And at the same time, he's cutting these mega deals with the Chinese, and the media seems totally uninterested in reporting on this. Who else did you find in your investigation that we should stay focused on? You have a a handful of these people. So I did deep investigations into the New York Times, MSNBC, and Bloomberg. And the reason why I chose those is because I thought MSNBC was the voice of the resistance during the Trump era, uh, and, and NBC News in general. And Bloomberg, because of their deep ties to China, which I think is emblematic of a bigger American problem of us being too tied to China, and the New York Times simply because they're the most influential. In all of them, you see the patterns deep within their businesses that they are protecting left-wing corporate interests at every move they make within the company. It's not the low-end journalists who are fun to make fun of on social media uh, and to mock on talk radio like we do all the time, Uh, but it is much deeper than that. It goes to the boardrooms, and they're protecting these corporate interests against American interests in many cases. That's why so many of them are open borders. That's why so many of them are pro-China. It's because of the globalist mindset that American values are secondary to the values of the company and to the globalists. This is a fantastic book. By our friend Alex Marlowe of Breitbart, Breaking the News. I want to strongly encourage you to get your copy. You can go to Amazon.com or Barnes & Noble or Walmart or any of the online services or any of the retail stores. You know, we may have to go over the break here, Alex, but Breitbart itself has come under attack by these corporatists or these, these billionaires and millionaires who back these corporatists, and yet you've managed to fight through this. You, uh, you guys have been very courageous and in many ways have shown how to survive this, no? Yes, and that, this is the thing where I have so much hope. It's because of independent media that is still out there. There's so much talk radio and podcasts and conservative media online, and now there's things like Substack and places where people are getting uh, funded and supported by their audience that they develop. Uh, so long as we have the First Amendment and so long as we don't outsource it to these unelected oligarchs in Silicon Valley, Mark, we're going to have a chance to fight through this because the truth can get out there. That's Alex Marlowe. It's a fantastic book, ladies and gentlemen. I want to encourage you to get it, Breaking the News. Alex, we're going to hold you over if you don't mind. We'll be right back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest-growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, 
and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead, A-M-A-C dot U-S. Call him Mr. Right, Mr. Conservative, and Mr. Constitution. But you can call him Mark at 877-381-3811. What's the old joke? Just don't call me late for dinner. All right, we're with our friend Alex Marlowe. His great book, Breaking the News, Exposing the Establishment's Media-Hidden Deals and Secret Corruption. Now, Alex, you say in the book, and rightly, look, the, the... Media really are the point of the spear. They lead the cancel culture. They lead the war on American traditions. Can you elaborate on that a little bit further? Yeah, I think that the cancel culture really does stem from the media. And you can see the fact that what the media does with people who are targeted uh, is that they're the ones who pile on and make it official that this person is no longer welcome in polite society. But the thing that is really leading to cancel culture above all else is the tech establishment. And you start seeing example after example that I enumerate in the book of people telling truths that are censored by Facebook and Twitter, and not to mention Google, which, by the way, turned off 100% of Breitbart's traffic on Joe Biden's doors on May the 5th, Mark. They flipped a light switch so that you could not get Biden content on Breitbart. I'm sorry, on Google, you could not get Biden's content that we reported on. And so essentially, we were canceled by Google. The New York Post was canceled by Twitter and Facebook for accurate stories. It was called Russian disinformation. And we're, what is who is being favored? CNN was being favored as Breitbart was getting uh, de-boosted. And this is happening across the board, and they love it because they're all the same people, because these people, like the people on the Facebook board or on the New York Times' board, it's totally orgiastic. I never heard of that word before. You know... Uh... I looked it up today. <laughs> hope there aren't any photos. You know, Alex, I'm going to tell you something. You guys, as I said, at Breitbart, come under attack. They try and character assassinate you, the media have. You also had Facebook that was messing around with your, uh, uh, with your model. Uh, so you've really come into contact with most of these big parts of the oligopoly, haven't you? Absolutely. And this is why we're so effective is because uh, we've been through it. And we got through this because we were ahead of the curve. We were the, the pilot. We were the test case for the cancel culture. They tried to get us thrown off the internet and canceled uh, right when Donald Trump won because they saw us as associated with his election and his rise. And we had to learn to be nimble. We had to learn to be even more accurate and more careful and more fast-paced, but without compromising our values. And this is the thing that you do very well, and it's something that I try to do at Breitbart and something I try to do in the book, 
is encourage our audiences that you cannot give an inch and still stay true to your values. You don't have to compromise with these people. They don't want to compromise with you. What They want to destroy you. They want to crush you or maybe convert you 100% and make you uh, one of their uh, – a weapon they can use. Those are the only options. And once I figured that out and we figured it out at Breitbart – it became very clear what we needed to do, not give them any ammunition to attack us, but still never compromise on our values. Where do you think we're going from here? I think there's two options. Uh, the first option is a totally bifurcated society where we start separating out between the right and the left. And I think it's going to be very painful because of how intertwined we are in terms of our commerce, in terms of our business. Uh, but what I'm hoping, what I'm hoping, I'm not saying I predicted, what I'm hoping is there will be a backlash. People will get sick of this woke moment. They will get sick of the uh, of this holiday from the First Amendment that we have all of a sudden, uh, where all of a sudden we've outsourced the First Amendment to these tech oligarchs. People will hopefully get sick of it and want to go back to the America where we were free to say what was on our mind and to fight for what we wanted and let the best ideas win. That was a better America, and I think we all know it. And the question is, will we wake up in time? to get back to it. This book is out now. You can order it now and get it the next day. Breaking the News by Alex Marlowe, who's the head muckety-muck over there at Breitbart. We all visit Breitbart. They do a fantastic job over there. And you did a fantastic job with this book, Alex, and I wish you all the best, and I hope my audience, you can get it online at Amazon or any of these major sites. You can get it in a major bookstore like Barnes & Noble, uh, and it's very much worth reading. And we wish you all the best, my friend. Thank you, Mark. Thank you so much. All right, Alex. You take care. Good man. Good, good man. He really is. And that's a hell of a sight. He's got a lot of great writers over there. They're very impressive. They, they've gotten through the various storms at Breitbart, and they have taught us a lot of lessons. All right, Mr. Producer, I'm going to call up my call screen now. But, oh, no, there it is. My God, what happened? It works. Mimi. In Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, the great WPHT, my great-grandmother's name on my mother's side was named Mimi, and I'm named after her. Mark, how are you? Great minds think alike. Well, there you go. There you go. Sweetheart, what an honor to speak with you. Thank you. I've been trying for years. Two things, I'll be quick. Yes. Your new book, not out yet. I called my sister. A, who lives in Las Vegas, I don't have internet, and I said to her, order, order me a copy, I'll, be, I'll, I'll reimburse you, order Aren't me a you copy, sweet. whatever. So I called her 3,000 miles away, I called her every day, did you order it yet, did you order it yet? <laughs> I called her yesterday, she said, I ordered two. <laughs> oh, you're both very sweet, thank you. You are just I think you're going to like it. I really do, Mimi. Oh, I'm sure I've read your other books, some of them. I, I think Thank I have you. one. I don't have the other two, but I do have. Anyway, getting back to my yes. school, uh, I'll be very quick. Before I, you're very I'm quick, this, what part of Philadelphia are you in? We're in northeast Philly. I'm northeast Philly. Philly. Where are you? I don't want the address. Are you near Cotman Avenue or... Roosevelt Boulevard, or where are you at? Grand Red Lion between Bustleton and the Boulevard. Oh, my Lord. I, I, I know these yeah, areas, ladies and gentlemen. What's that? Do you remember Whitman's Chocolate? Well, of course. Do they, are they still there? I... No, no, they're long going. 
My grandmother, my mother's mother lived on a street called Strail Street. Yeah, Strail Street. It's right down the, uh, down the pike. That's correct. I pass it every day on my way home to and from. I really miss those days, boy. I really, really do. Anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, that's okay. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, we're still here, but uh, things have changed. If you come and let me know you're coming, I'll give you a grand tour. Okay. That's a deal. This? Okay, you got it. This was sent, (laughs) but give me notice. I got to clean my hovel. Okay. This was sent in a text (laughs) to my sister. I don't have internet. My sister texted it to me. It's an article in a newspaper, and that's all the idea I have on it, but it's in quotes. Uh, well, what's it say? And there's a, well, excuse me? What does it say, well, the article? I'm going I'm, I'm to read it to you. I'm no, I can't hear the whole I, thing. I, just, I, summarize, just summarize it. Well, well, it's very short. No, 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 they don't allow that. The... The uh, executives here don't let people read articles on the air, except me. Quotes? All right. Anyway, in 1982, Senator Joe Biden confronted um, uh, uh, then-Prime Minister Menachem Begin, uh, threatening to cut off U.S. money or aid to Israel. And then the gist of it is that Begin replied, don't threaten us with cutting off Aid. It, it, it's not going to work, and he is a, he's not a Jew with trembling knees. He is a proud Jew with 3,000... I remember this. Yep. Civilized history. Civilized history. Mm-hmm. Keyword. Nobody came to our aid when we were dying in the ovens and the gas chambers, and nobody came to our aid when we were striving to create mm-hmm. our um, uh, country. Mr. Bernouzi, you think you can find that audio? It's from 1982, Biden and Menachem Begin. Let's let's see if we can find it, Mimi. I got to go. I have a hard break. You sound like a lovely lady. I appreciate your call. Give your sister my best. And we'll be right back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest-growing organizations in America, now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. Yes, Mimi has it right. We were not able to find the video. I remember this. I remember seeing this. Where Menachem Begin is testifying. He says Joe Biden 
He said, this Jew does not have trembling knees. He said, don't threaten us with cutting off your aid. It will not work. I am not a Jew with trembling knees. I am a proud Jew with 3,700 years of civilized history. Nobody came on to our aid when we were dying in the gas chambers and ovens. Nobody came to our aid when we were striving to create our country. We paid for it. We fought for it. We died for it. We will stand by our principles. We will defend them. And when necessary, we will die for them again with or without your aid. Because Joe Biden was banging the table with his fist. Banging the table with his fist. Senator Biden reportedly banged the table with his fist and Begin retorted, This desk is designed for writing, not for fists. Do not threaten us with slashing aid. Do you think that because the U.S. lends us money, it is entitled to impose on us what we must do? We are grateful for the assistance, but we are not to be threatened. I'm a proud Jew, 3,000 years of culture behind me. You do not frighten me with your threats. Take note, we do not want a single soldier of yours to die for us. And after the meeting, Senator Moynihan, you know, there were moderate Democrats back then, approached Menachem Begin and praised him for his cutting reply. See, see, Biden's always been an idiot. Always been an absolute idiot. You take our closest ally and you treat them like that, he would never say that about the Palestinians. He would never say that about the communist Chinese, never. No, I won't be here tomorrow. It's a very special occasion. Uh... My stepdaughter, Jenna, is graduating from medical school. For now on the family, she'll be Dr. Jenna. And absolutely brilliant young lady. Worked hard as hell. Studied and studied and studied. Top of the class. And the whole family is very, very excited for her. I should go and buy a stethoscope. So when she walks around, she can have that stethoscope. So everybody will know she's a doctor. But she's going to be a tremendous doctor. And she's a tremendous young lady. So we're very, very excited about this. So I will not be here tomorrow. uh, Heading toward for her graduation ceremony. I will be here Friday. And I'm counting on you folks. Count on you folks to grab your copy of American Marxism. Now, I have to say, in all honesty, 90,000 of you, over 90,000 of you have already pre-ordered. That is unparalleled. I cannot tell you how excited I am about this. That the silent majority is going to be silent no longer. That we are going to spread the word. That we are going to know who our common opponents, our enemies are. We're smarter than them. We're bigger than them. We have the finances. I know they have devoured virtually every corner of the society and the culture. But we're Americans. And when our back's against the wall, well, our claws come out. Now, we're not talking about violence or anything of that sort. That's what they do. But we're talking about pushback now. We choose to live in liberty. 
We choose to live in a republic. We choose to live in a colorblind society. We choose to live in a capitalist economic system. We choose to be free of the iron fist and brass knuckles of Washington, D.C., bureaucrats and politicians. We want to make decisions about our own lives. And we insist that they secure that border. And we insist they get their hands off the treasury. And we insist they support our military and our cops. And this isn't just talk anymore. No, this isn't just talk anymore. So the first thing we have to do is spread the word, like we did during the Tea Party revolt. Spread the word. What are we talking about? We just assume that everybody's watching Fox and listening to talk radio. It's not true. I have a massive audience that's larger than any TV show on Fox. It's just not big enough. Fox is a fantastic cable station. You have others out there, Newsmax, OAN, and so forth. We're just not big enough. The spoken word, the cameras, we're all doing our best, but it is books that have a lasting reach. Believe it or not, it's true. Karl Marx didn't have a radio show and he didn't have a TV show. He didn't have a podcast. Neither did any of the really great philosophers, as as well as him, the reprobate. So trust me when I tell you the written word is extremely important. It causes people to focus. And this book will be released July 3rd, right in the middle of the summer. Perfect time for people to have a moment to read it. So please head over, pre-order your copies for yourself, family members, colleagues, however you want to handle this. We get to 100,000, I am convinced that we are really in fantastic shape. I want to thank you all for being great patriots, for listening to the program. I am deeply blessed, and I know that. And we salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. I want to thank the two Richies here, Richie S. and Richie V. And I will see you on Friday. God bless you.